Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the X Factor Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. The X episode. I'm glad you guys are tuned in tonight. We got a great show for you. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. So I hope you guys are tuning in. You can also catch the audio on all the audio platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. If you don't catch the video live tonight. Let's get into some quick news on season two, episode 10. All right. We got Major League Baseball playoffs, the World Series. We got game five of the World Series right now. The Texas Rangers are in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. Arizona with a commanding 3-1 lead. Let's see tonight, right now, if they can close the deal and get the first World Series title in franchise history, or will the Diamondbacks live to fight another day and play for game six tonight? All the games have been close except one. Uh, the Rangers have looked good all playoff long, you know, even though they had the scare in the ALCS against the Astros. Pulled that out in seven games. They look good in this World Series. Corey Seager looks like if they do win and close it out tonight, Corey Seager will probably be the MVP. He's batting over 300. He already has three home runs in four games. Just been hot all playoff long and looking to close it out. So we'll see how that goes. If the Rangers can get their first World Series title in franchise history, we will see. Hopefully it goes to a game six. Obviously, Major League Baseball wants those dollars. We get to talk more about it. Season lasts one more day, but we'll see what happens. In the NBA, the other night, Nikola Jokic, Joker, tied Jason Kidd. Check this out. Before I even get into that, the magnitude of what I'm about to say about Nikola Jokic is crazy. So he is, in the beginning of his ninth season, He's only 28 years old. This is his ninth season. He only started 55 games his rookie year and 59 games his second year before he actually became the guy. Yusuf Nurkic, a lot of you guys probably know from Portland, now in Phoenix, Nurkic was actually the center that played in Denver, and Jokic backed him up for two years, and then Nurkic got out of there. The management seen something in Nikola Jokic, and the rest is history. But I say all that to say this. He just tied LeBron and Jason Kidd for all-time triple-doubles the other night with 107. And he's only in his ninth year. And ninth season just started. Again, he only started 55 games his rookie year, 59 his second. And he's in his ninth year, 28 years old, in his prime, and just tied one of the greatest point guards ever in Jason Kidd and one of the greatest all-around players in LeBron in triple-doubles. And he's a center. He's not even the guy that's supposed to have the ball all the time, bring the ball up the court. He's not a point guard at all. He's seven feet. And he plays center for this team, but everything goes to Nikola Jokic. So congratulations to him. Just another milestone, another feather in his cap after winning Finals MVP, back-to-back -back league MVPs. He is now tied with two of the greatest players to ever play the game in triple-doubles in year nine. <laughs> Insane. No telling where this guy's going to go. He has he has the trajectory to be arguably the greatest center we've ever seen. 
Now, I know my old heads are going to laugh at that, scoff at it. You got Shaq, Kareem, Hakeem Olajuwon, Bill Russell, all that. When you think about what Nikola Jokic is doing right now, how he's revolutionizing that position and doing what no center has ever been able to do, to be on this list with point guards tied and surpassing people at that position is incredible. So congrats to Nikola Jokic. Again, another milestone. Clearly, he's going to probably pass these dudes by the end of the season. We're only in game five of the, of the regular season already, and he's already tied LeBron and Jason Kidd. So congrats to Jokic. Quick news in the NFL. The NFL trade deadline was yesterday. So a lot of trades happen. We're not going to get into all of them. We'll get into the ones that actually matter, the big trades, what have you. So let's get into that. Chase Young goes to the 49ers. The rich get richer. For those of you who don't know who Chase Young is, one of the greatest D-line, not greatest, one of the best young defensive linemen in the NFL today. Ohio State played. He's in year three or four, tore his ACL two seasons ago. He came back. He's 100% looking to, I won't say resurrect his career, but play for a winning franchise. Wasn't really doing that in Washington. Looks like Washington's trying to clean house, new ownership. I wouldn't be surprised if Ron Rivera is next to go at the end of the season. But Chase Young, talented young D lineman, goes to the 49ers. He'll play opposite of Nick Bosa. Then you got Fred Warner on the back end as the linebackers. In the secondary, Javarius Ward as cornerback. All three levels seem to be set. The 49ers did this last year by the trade deadline. They had a big splash trade with Christian McCaffrey. They do it again with Chase Young. So let's see what the 49ers can do. Debo Samuel should be back healthy. I think they're going to try to make a run in NFC after this three-game losing streak. Joshua Dobbs, some of you guys remember. Had a big game against Dallas this year, playing for the Arizona Cardinals. Quarterback with Kirk Cousins going down with an Achilles tear. The Cardinals trade Joshua Dobbs to the Vikings, so their season can keep going. He's a he's proven that he can start and win games, so I think that'll be a good boost for the Vikings with Joshua Dobbs moving over there. And I don't think the Vikings are going to re-sign Kirk Cousins anyway, so kind of an unceremonious exit with injury. Montez Sweat to the Bears. The team that Montez Sweat is going to the, in the Bears isn't a great team, but the move is a big move because of two reasons. One, we just talked about Chase Young. So Montez Sweat also was another defensive lineman that played for the Washington Commanders. So something's going on in Washington with the ownership. They may be trying to rebuild. So that is a big deal, something to watch out for. And the Bears are grabbing some veteran defensive players they did it with Tremaine Edmonds in the offseason coming from Buffalo now they do it again with Montez Sweat to help bolster that defensive line so it'll be interesting to see what happens down the road with the Bears Leonard Williams another talented defensive lineman from the Giants goes to Seattle NFC NFC very interesting to see what Seattle does they wanted some help on that D line and they get a talented young player in Leonard Williams from the Giants. So it'll be interesting to see what Seattle does. You'll see later on in our power rankings where Seattle is. And yes, they are in the power rankings. And adding Leonard Williams will probably help them down the road, getting closer to playoffs. And last but not least, 
Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has been out all season long, unsigned, unrestricted free agent, played for Tampa Bay last, won a Super Bowl with them a couple years back, just signed with the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are desperately looking for a running back. They've been looking for a running game for years, haven't been able to really find that guy. I think uh, Leonard Fournette helps them in the red zone. I think he helps them kind of relieve some of that running from Josh Allen. He doesn't have to take all the bumps and bruises. Leonard Fournette can do that for them. Actually good that they're getting him halfway or midway through the season because of his age and because he hasn't been playing, kind of ramp him up for a playoff run. So we'll see how that goes. So that's what we got for the quick news. We're going to tap in and keep tabs on everything that we talked about with Nikola Jokic breaking records with these trades. We'll come back and see how those turn out at the end of the season. And obviously, we'll get into the World Series as we get a winner. But before we get into the segments, we had another trade happen in the NBA. Some would say it was a, a, a big trade. Um, some people will say it's a uh, it's going to be a big change in the NBA. For me, doesn't really move the needle that much, and I'll tell you why. One, the 76ers traded James Harden in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Usually when a player gets traded in the middle of the night, is one, they just wanted to get rid of him, or two, they didn't want it to become a big story. So I got the notification on my phone at like 1 a.m. saying that James Harden was traded to the Clippers. So my question for you guys is, and be sure to like, share, subscribe, and answer. Let me know what you think when we do our monologue segment. Will James Harden help or hurt the L.A. Clippers now that he is in L.A.? Personally, I don't think he helps them at all. <clears throat> I think for the last couple of years, he's been a huge distraction. Every locker room he's been into. Started with the Nets when he left Houston. Then goes to Philly, and now he's in L.A. He already played with Westbrook in Houston. That didn't really seem to mesh well. And James Harden just seems like the type of player that pouts all the time if he doesn't get his way. Ty Lue seems no nonsense. I don't know what he does with him. Where do you put him in a starting lineup? Does he start at the two? Do you move Westbrook? Does Westbrook come off the bench? Like, what do you do with that chemistry? Do you move Paul George or Kawhi to the four? Like what? I don't I don't know what they'll do with that rotation. So I'm not a big fan of the move. Russell Westbrook is a leader in the locker room. The players love him. The ownership loves him. Every team he's been on, Russell Westbrook, I'm saying, the front office and all his teammates say he's a great teammate. So I don't know where the media gets this these stories that Westbrook's not a good guy to play around or play with when everybody in the locker room loves Westbrook. Even in his short stint in Washington, they said they wish he would have stayed. They were sad to see him leave. So what's the dynamic going to be with James Harden in that locker room with Westbrook as the leader? What happens to the young guys that are on that team? What happens to Terrence Mann, Bones Highland? Young up-and-coming guards, they're looking to make a a big contribution to a, a championship caliber team. What does that do to their growth with James Harden? What does it do to their minutes? Um, defensively, what does that do to the Clippers? 
Like it just changes everything that they like to do. He's going to slow the game down. He doesn't have anybody to play pick and roll with. I guess he can play with Zubac, but Zubac isn't that type of player. So it's just hard for me to see how this will work. Now, P.J. Tucker came with him from Philly. I like that move because he's a tough, hard-nosed defensive player, kind of plays that Patrick Beverly role, but he can guard bigger players. And Patrick Beverly fit well with the Clippers when he was there as well. So I like that. Three and D guy. He can come in for Paul George or Kawhi, relieve them of minutes and actually play defense. So I think that that's good. But you guys let me know what you think. Is James Harden going to help or hurt the Clippers the rest of the way? You guys let us know. Again, live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. When we come back, we are going to get into our second iteration of the X Factor NFL Power Rankings. We will be right back. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is Jay Mondane. We are in Season 2, Episode 10. All right, we only got two episodes left after this one. And then we are gone, Season 2. All right, so be sure to tune in. Catch all the previous episodes and catch up so you can be ready for the finale in two weeks. All right. Well, let's get into these power rankings, okay? NFL power rankings is the second iteration. If you remember, we do this every four weeks. We like to see the teams play. The records really don't mean that much to us here at the X Factor Sports Podcast. Obviously, you have to win games. But it's more about how you're playing at this moment in time. The, the way you're winning your games, what your defense look like, your offense, the team as a whole, what they look like in terms of power rankings. So at number 10, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, the Bengals are four and three, but like I just told you guys, the records don't mean that much as long as it's where you are right now. Okay. And that being said, the Bengals are four and three, but they were one and three before this. They're on a three-game winning streak. They're doing it without one of their best wide receivers in T. Higgins. Joe Burrow looks healthy the way he's scrambling and getting out of pressure, getting out of trouble. He looks like he is back in midseason form. It seems like the Bengals do this every year. Joe Burrow gets hurt in the offseason or gets his appendix taken out or something he's got mono i don't know whatever he's got but every season it seems like something happens to joe burrow and they get a slow start and then once we get around november they start picking up steam so they move themselves into the power rankings at number 10. they got big wins over seattle and san francisco burrow looks healthy 
Defense has been improving week to week, and offense looks even better without T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase is, is him. So number 10, the Bengals. At number nine, they took a slide, a big slide, the San Francisco 49ers. They were number two, or actually, they were number one in the power rankings a month ago. What a difference a month makes. And in that time span, they've lost three straight games. They averaged over 30 points in that five-game winning streak. And now they average 17 points a game in the three-game losing streak. So they are taking a spiral quick. Not looking good for them um, at five and three. They desperately need Debo Samuel back. He's missed the last three games. And I, that's a huge problem. I mean, obviously, Debo has some correlation to these losses. They need him real bad. I think the addition of Chase Young will definitely help them opposite of Nicky Bosa. It'll help shore up that defense, and it'll do something for the locker room. Bringing in a guy of that caliber, you're showing, the front office is showing their players that they want to win now. They're going to make moves and get the guys in that locker room to help them win. And I think that'll rejuvenate them and get them going. Same like Christian McCaffrey last year. The 49ers were playing okay. They get Christian McCaffrey in a blockbuster trade, and it kind of rejuvenated the locker room. They all got playing a lot better. Made a nice little playoff run to the NFC title game. Every quarterback got hurt. Hell, I think Joe Montana got hurt in the NFC title game. So they had nobody that could play. So I feel like they're going to try to make that run again. At number eight in their division, the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks have actually taken over the NFC West lead. They are at five and two right now. They have one less loss than the 49ers. Haven't played them yet. But they're looking good. I actually picked the Seattle Seahawks to win that division this year. So we'll see if that happens. But started off strong. Geno Smith turning the ball over a little bit in the last three games. So they dropped out of the top 10 in defense. But now they lead the NFC West division. So because of that, we keep them in the power rankings. Just keep them low at eight. They're ahead of the 49ers. <clears throat> They got some work to do though, but at five and two, and they've won some big games on the road. They get a lot of their players back off of injury. So one notably DK Metcalf, he missed a couple games. Now he's back. So we'll see what they do the rest of the way. At number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs, or as I like to call them, the KC Swifties, are at number seven. <laughs> the reason I have them at seven. They actually dropped back from one. They were at six. Now they're at seven. The reason why they're six and two, yes. They have a good record. They've been finding ways to win, but they have not looked good at all this year. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is arguably having his worst season statistically. He has 15 touchdowns and eight picks through eight games. All right. Not a good look. I don't think he's thrown eight interceptions in a season yet. He already has eight interceptions halfway through the season. So they don't look great. Wide receivers, I don't know if they don't, if he doesn't trust them still. I think the offensive coordinator is putting a lot on his plate. Just kind of telling Mahomes, go out there and make something happen. And teams are starting to see that on film. So they're forcing him to make decisions with his legs or try to scramble and throw and get out of trouble. And it's costing him. So, a bad loss to the Broncos in Denver. Yes, it was cold. I heard Mahomes had the little sniffles or whatever, but 
if you're on the field, you're healthy. Oh, call me old school. You, If he couldn't play, he shouldn't play. He was out there on the field. He was healthy. Didn't look good. Hasn't looked good all year, honestly. Like I said, 15, 8. He, he is a less than 1 to 2 ratio or 2 to 1 ratio in quarter uh, touchdowns to interceptions. Not Mahomes-like. So hopefully the Swifties can get it together, move up in this power ranking. But like I said, at 6 and 2, they got a good record. But this is a power ranking, and the Chiefs don't look very strong right now. At number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are five and two. They are a roller coaster of a football team. You never know what you're going to get with them. Highs, lows. Anytime somebody says something good about the, the Cowboys, they start feeling good about themselves, and then they get beat or upset. When nobody talks about them or if somebody says something bad about them or says something good, pat them on the back, whatever it is, if they get good feedback, they play good. If they get bad feedback, they play bad. Instead of just being even killed. So the Dallas Cowboys, 5-2. and two, uh, Never know what you're going to see. They got a huge road game against the Eagles on Sunday. A division game, a game that those two games against the Eagles will probably decide the division in the NFCs. So we'll see what happens. Defense is still one of the best in football. So that's why they're one of the top six teams in the power rankings. At number five, this team's been on a tear. They got the longest win streak in the NFL right now, five straight. The six and two Jacksonville Jaguars look really good. Move up to the top 10 in defense in this five game winning streak. Really came together in London, their second home. Those two London games they had back-to-back, they started rolling after that. I don't know if they built some camaraderie being away from home for two weeks and just having a team, but it seemed to work. And this season, the NFL has allowed teams to choose if they want a bye week when they go international, if they want the bye week after that game or not. Jacksonville opted to not use their bye. So... They played the two games in London and came back home and played right after that. So now they're on their bye, but they had a big win against Pittsburgh, and now they take their bye week at 6-2 and two at the top of their division, looking really good. Travis Etienne is turning into a star in his five-game winning streak. Feeling kind of salty right now. I traded him in my dynasty league for Alvin Kamara, <laughs> but Travis Etienne is looking real good. He's got six touchdowns in the last five games. He's running the ball. He's catching the ball. He's doing everything in the red zone, looking really good, looking like the player that we all thought he would out of Clemson. So congrats to them. Longest streak in the NFL. Move them into the top five of these power rankings. At number four, we got the Detroit Lions. The Lions have moved up in, the, in this power ranking. I believe they were numbered seven. Last time, now they're up to four. They're at six and two. Don't have their, didn't have their sixth win last season. They didn't have their sixth win until week 14. And they already have six wins already in week eight. So congratulations to them. So far, so good. They are looking great. I think it's obvious that they'll make the playoffs. They might even clinch the NFC North by Thanksgiving. They got a top five offense. Top 10 in rushing. So props to Dan Campbell. You know, he makes, he do these crazy interviews and press conferences. Team seems to love him. 
He's leading men, and that's what you want in the locker room, somebody that can be a leader of men. And he's got these guys playing great football. Jared Goff playing some of the best football he's ever played. The running backs are starting to look great. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, they look good. So they're number four in our power rankings. At number three, this team is also starting to come along. New offensive coordinator in Todd Monkins. It looks like Lamar Jackson is starting to figure it out. So at number three, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Also at six and two, got some big wins on their belt as well. Offense completing over 70% of his passes. Lamar Jackson is third in rushing, first in scoring defense. This team is starting to come together. The question about the Ravens was, was their defense going to be good enough to match the offense Lamar Jackson with all these weapons on the outside? The defense is holding up their end of the bargain. Patrick Queen, you can uh, say he's the leader of that defense. So they look good. And they have a big win against the Detroit Lions. Actually blew Detroit out. Um, they're on a three-game winning streak. Got a big game Sunday against Seattle. Another member of this power rankings. We'll see how they do against Seattle, but I think they can keep this going. The Ravens are good. Again, I picked the Ravens to win the NFC, the AFC North this year, so hopefully we can get that too. At number two, the Miami Dolphins. They've been consistent. They lost. They got beat up against um, the Bills. They went up to Buffalo early in the year and got beat up against them, but for the most part, they've been consistent. They are number one in every offensive category, scoring, passing, yards per game, touchdowns, all of it. And because of that, I think Tua is the MVP front runner right now. Six and two. Uh, Tua has 2,416 yards and 18 touchdowns through eight games. I mean, he's going crazy. He's on pace to get 5,000 yards and over 36 touchdowns. And he's got Tyreek Hill breaking records. Tyreek Hill has over 1,000 yards receiving, which is an NFL record through eight games. So congratulations to them. They got a stranglehold on the AFC East. They're probably going to overtake the Bills this year. I'm excited to see what they look like in Germany against the Chiefs. Sunday morning, make sure y'all are awake to watch that. I'm sure I will be awake. Miss D will make sure that we're all up and watching that game. <laughs> so... We'll see. We're going to test that power ranking at number two. If the Dolphins are as good as everybody thinks they are, and if the Chiefs can show some championship medal on Sunday. At number one, it should be no surprise at who the number one team is in these power rankings, the Philadelphia Eagles at 7-1. and one. Best team in the NFL. Best record in the NFL. Offense and defense. Very, very strong on both sides of the ball. Peaking at the right time. It looks like they're also finding their offense. Looks like Jalen Hurts is getting more and more comfortable with the new offensive coordinator. Moved up to third in offense, and they're now top 10 in both offense and defense. So Jalen Hurts starting to look more comfortable, like I said, just like Lamar in Baltimore. But they got a 7-1 and one record, and they're moving in the right direction. I think that they will take the NFC East. Maybe they split with Dallas. Maybe they don't. Big game coming up. We'll see. It'll be the true test for them. But right now, I think it's safe to say 
that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in football. I don't think anybody would argue that right now based on how they look, offense, defense, based on their schedule, based on their record, based on how they're playing. All the momentum is shifting in their direction. So there goes our power rankings for the NFL. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and comment. Let me know what you think about the power rankings. You can give me your power rankings. If some should be switched, if some, if you don't think Philly is the best team, you think Miami is, let me know. I like to hear what the fans have to say about the rankings. So continue to tune in. All right. When we come back after break, we got your favorite segment. We are back in with Bet That. We got a five leg parlay, World Series game, of course, happening right now. And then we got four other legs for the NBA. Come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Season two of the X Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondain is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. All right, that's where you can check us out live every Wednesday night. Also, if you need the audio, you can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music for all of your content of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Now let's get into your favorite segment of the show. We call it Bet That. This is where we do our parlays, usually five legs. We go through different sports. This time we don't have any football. We got the World Series and we got four NBA games. So I'm going to tell you what you should do to get that parlay going. Some of these bets will be live bets. Doesn't matter. You can still get them in. All right. First, we want to go with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. We talked about it in the quick news. The Rangers have a chance to clinch the World Series tonight. I actually think the Diamondbacks at home are going to put up a fight and win this game. So I would take the money line and take the Diamondbacks straight up to win at home and push this to a game six as they are fighting for their life. So go ahead with the Diamondbacks to win this game straight up. All right. Now we shift to the NBA. You got Sacramento Kings at Golden State tonight. Go ahead and go with Golden State. They, I want to say own the Kings, but they got a pretty good record against the Kings lately. Going back to the playoffs, they had a big playoff battle in the first round last season. The Kings, the young scrappy Kings, took the Warriors to seven games, but I think championship medal just kind of got them over the hump. They've already beat the Kings earlier this season already. No De'Aaron Fox tonight. Warriors play great at home. So go ahead and take the Warriors straight up in that game. All right. Then we got the Pacers going to Boston. I'm going to go ahead and take the spread. I'm going to take the Indiana Pacers to cover. 
11 points. Boston is playing good basketball, but so is Indiana. I think Indiana is going to be one of those sneaky good teams. They got good young players. I like Ben Mathurin. I like uh, Tyrese Halliburton. So I think those dudes will have a good game tonight. I say the Pacers cover. That's a big spread, even though it's on the road, a double-digit spread early in the season. I'm going to go ahead and take the Pacers to cover. Both teams are close. They're even in points per game. So I think it'll be a good high-scoring game. Plus, the Pacers are coming off a bad loss to the Bulls. The Bulls got them the other night. I think the Pacers come out trying to get get some get back, take it out on Boston. Not saying the Pacers are going to win, but the Pacers can definitely cover that 11-point spread. All right? The next leg and the fourth leg of the, of the bet that parlay, we got the Nuggets going to Minnesota to play the Timberwolves. I'm going to go with the over-under on this game. Just the reason why I'm doing that is because the odds aren't really that big. If you take the money line on the Nuggets, you can't really win that much money. If you take the over-under, the odds are a little bit better. So go ahead and take the under on this game. The Nuggets give up 100 points a game, 102 points. They're actually third in the league in defense early on and second best defense in the league so far, actually. And the Timberwolves don't look that good offensively. So I'm going to take the under on a 223 and a half. I think the Nuggets will obviously get over 100. They can probably get 115. This might be a blowout. I don't think the Timberwolves will be able to match. So I'm going to go with the under 223. All right. And in the last leg of the night, we talked about this team, James Harden's new team, LA Clippers against the Lakers. I'm going to go ahead and take the Clippers straight up. And here's why. This isn't a sample size. This isn't a trend. This is starting to turn into facts. All right. Listen to this staggering number. The Clippers are 29-6 and six in the last 10 years against the Lakers. 29-6. and six. That That's not even a rivalry at this point. All right? I know L.A., for all my fans watching in L.A., all my Lakers fans, yes, it's a Lakers town. I've been to L.A. a bunch. I get it. But in the last 10 years, in these regular season games, the Clippers have owned y'all. Yes, y'all won a championship 2020. Y'all got the bubble championship. But the Clippers, in these regular season games, 29-6 and six speaks volumes to me. Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. I think they go out and win this game, make a statement as they always do against the Lakers, or at least they have the last decade. Um, top five in offense and defense early on in the season, the Clippers are. I think they win. They just match up real. They match up really well with this Laker team. You got big bodies, big athletic guys that can guard LeBron. You can put Paul George on them. Then you can put Kawhi on them. Terrence Mann can come in and get on them. Norman Powell can guard them. Like it's just a lot of bodies to throw at LeBron. So that's what makes this matchup very, very interesting. But I'm taking the Clippers with the money line to beat the Lakers. All right. So. What do we got on our five-leg parlay? We got the Diamondbacks that we're going to take straight up to push the World Series to game six. We got the money line on the Warriors. No De'Aaron Fox for the Kings. So let's go ahead and take the Warriors at home. The Pacers on the road in Boston. A double-digit spread. I feel like the Pacers are going to 
Go ahead and cover that early in the year. Timberwolves and Nuggets. Nuggets play too much good defense. Timberwolves haven't figured it out yet. Rudy Gobert still feels like a square peg in a round hole. So I'm going to go ahead and take the under on this one, under 223 and a half. And the Clippers dominate the Lakers for the last decade in the regular season. So why not take the Clippers on the money line? Be sure to go to wherever you are or whatever sites you go to bet. Place your bets. Again, we're not bookies. We are not experts. We just love talking about bets. We love seeing what you guys' spreads look like. We love seeing what you guys' parlays look like. So hopefully you're going out there and winning some money. All right? When we come back, we're going to stay with the NBA, but we're going to talk about something that's new this year in the NBA, this in-season tournament that starts Friday. What do we know about it? Do we like it? Are we going to watch it? Does it matter to us? When we come back, the X Factor Sports Podcast. So, yo, we right back in the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys have been putting your comments on. When we see them pop up in our chat, we make sure we put them on the screen. We love to interact. Hope you guys have been enjoying the show. Again, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter every week. All right? So let's get into this NBA. This in-season tournament. You guys have probably seen promotions for it now, now that we're actually in the basketball NBA season. What do y'all think about this tournament? Do y'all know anything about this tournament? Well, if you don't, I'll explain a little bit about the tournament and I'll start with why the tournament even exists anyway. It's for excitement. They wanna make the regular season mean something. So that's why they're doing it. Obviously to draw more revenue get more fans interested in regular season games. So they've added this in-season tournament. There's even an NBA cup for the champion of this in-season tournament. You know, we live in a society of everybody gets a participation trophy, yada, yada, yada. But that's why they're doing it. Obviously generate more revenue and get fans excited about regular season games. So this is how it works. It starts Friday, November 3rd. And it's going all the way through November 28th. So it's just for the month of November, about three weeks. But this is what they do. Franchises are randomly drawn into six groups. So it's almost like soccer. It's going to be like group stages, okay? Six groups of five because there's 30 NBA teams within their conference based on a win-loss record from last year. So they're doing it based off what they did last season, breaking everybody up into groups within the conference. So, for example, the Bulls, might not be in the same group as like the Milwaukee Bucks or the Detroit Pistons because they're in the same division. They may play against a different team in the Eastern Conference. They may be in a pool with like the Knicks or Orlando, right? So that's how they're shuffling it up. And then this is from November 3rd to November 28th, okay? Each team will play four teams in their group across seven set dates known as tournament nights, all right? Even though it's the regular season, like I said, they're trying to get some some juice in the regular season, make it mean something. So 
during these tournament nights, if your team's in a group stage, they'll play four of these games on some set dates. All right. Six teams with the best standing in their respective groups, plus the two wild cards. Basically, the team from each conference with the best record in the group round the finish second in its group. So those will be the wild cards. So the four teams that have the best standings and then the two wild cards. Any event, the two or more teams being tied within the group, the following will be used in this order. If there's a tie, they'll go by head-to-head record in the group stage, point differential in the group stage, total points scored in the group stage, and then regular season record from last year. So that's how they'll base the tiebreaker off of in that order. All right. So when we get to the eight teams after the group stage and the plane, this is when we get into the knockout round. So eight teams advance to the knockout round, four from the East, four from the West. Knockout round will be single elimination games, which will be played on December 4th and 5th at the high seeds venue. So it's just like March Madness, I guess, or not even. It's like the NIT almost because in the NIT, teams get to play at their home stadium. So that's what this uh, knockout round will kind of feel like. It'll almost feel like the NIT. All right. The winner of those games advanced to the semifinals on December 7th before concluding the final game on December 9th where the NBA Cup will be won. So. Basically, what we got here is a midseason tournament that's set up like the Olympics, set up like soccer with the group stage. And then based on those four games that everybody plays, whoever has the best record goes into a knockout tournament. So I guess it's similar to the Olympics, right? If you watch FIBA this summer, the uh, men's basketball FIBA World Championships, play in a group stage, best records advance. And then if you got some tiebreakers, you know, you do the wild card thing. So eight teams get in, four on each side, and then we got an NBA Cup. But what does this mean for NBA teams? What does this mean for individual players? Are they going to start giving like an MVP of the in-season tournament? Like what is what will this evolve into? I think this is something they're trying. They want to see if it'll work well. I, I don't know. If I'm being honest, I'm going to watch it, obviously, because I'm a basketball junkie. But at the same time, I get excited about watching basketball anyway. So this isn't going to do anything for me watching these in-season tournament games. The the NBA Cup does not mean anything to me. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, at least initially. I need to see these games and see, I guess, what the competition looks like, if they ramp up or you know, if the star players actually invest, care, then I'd like to see, maybe I'll be more interested, but NBA Cup just seems kind of, it seems very hokey to me. It seems real like gimmicky, like, like, like the NBA is trying to figure things out, almost like, a, you know, a used car salesman, you know, trying to, trying to make gimmicks for their store so people can come buy cars. Like that's what it seems like to me. So I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. NBA in-season tournament, like, are you guys interested in that? Do you think it means anything? Because, like, the NBA All-Star game, if you guys haven't noticed, they're switching out of the uh, target score, you know, changing the, the score after every quarter. They moved it back. 
it won't be a team LeBron versus team Giannis. They're not doing that anymore. They're going back to the traditional East versus West in the All-Star game. So that's him kind of gimmicky as well, but it was fun to watch, see them switching things up, make it like the playground. I think this will be similar. I think the NBA Cup thing will happen for a couple years. We'll see, you know, what the results are, if the fans like it. But initially, it just seems like a gimmick to me. Hopefully, they go back. But you guys let me know what you think about it. Obviously, we'll watch this and we'll have episodes during the tournament because it starts this Friday and we can talk more into it. All right. When we come back, we will end it with the two minute warning. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, 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 welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast here on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. We are at Season 2, Episode 10. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, be sure to like, share, subscribe, and of course, follow. All right. Before we get out of here, we always like to get into our two-minute warning. What I got for you guys today is pay attention to how people treat you. All right. A lot of times you hear, you know, pay attention to how you treat people, treat people the way you want to be treated. But a lot of times people don't pay attention to how they're being treated by others, okay? There are a lot of selfless people out in this world. There are a lot of people that like to do good for others, but they don't always pay attention to how they're being treated, okay? Whether it's good attention or bad attention, you should pay attention to both, okay? Surround yourself with people that treat you good. So pay a, keep a, a keen eye for the people that are actually treating you good. And I don't mean like yes men or people that just around you during the good times, like people that are honest, people that can actually have real conversations with you, tell you when you're messing up, tell you when you're doing well, have good advice for you, or at least point you in the right direction to be successful. Those are the type of people you want to be around. But at the same time, you also want to watch for the other people. You want to watch for people that don't have your best interest in hand. They always seem to be selfish, you know, uh, people that, or don't have their best, don't have other people's best interests. And you notice it. Like those aren't people you want to be around. So you got to pay attention to the type of people that are around your circle, the type of energy that you bring off is the type of energy that you will get back. So people care about you, let you know how you're doing. If you're doing the right things, those are the type of people you want to be around. Recognize the people that don't treat you good. You know what I mean? So if you are in relationships or you have friendships, you don't hear from people. They only come around you when they need something. They're not treating you right. You know, and if you have friends that that need something, 
you should be the one to go out and see if they're okay. You know, that'll come back to you. People will start caring more about you because they see you care about others. So you want to pay attention to how people treat you as well. Okay. So people that talk behind your back, not supportive. Again, signs of people you want to pay attention to and not be around. And I'll leave you with this. The way you treat people is a reflection of how you deserve to be treated. All right. So remember that the way you treat people is a reflection of how you deserve to be treated. Nobody deserves to treat you well if you don't treat people that way. Okay. That's a reflection of what you want. All right. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Thank everybody for tuning in. I appreciate you guys watching episode 10 next week. Episode 11. We got two episodes left in the season. We are going to get into crowning a World Series champion, of course. Maybe there'll be one tonight. Maybe we'll get to a game six or seven. We got the start of the NBA in-season tournament. We're going to talk about that. And then we get back to the X Factors for week 10 of the NFL. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you very much. We appreciate Ms. D as always, the producer. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great night. We will see you next week. Peace.